Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the fantastic Josh Comenda. He's the co-founder and CEO and president of Veo. He's just doing a phenomenal job at the company. It's a full-service, non-emergency medical transportation brokerage designed specifically for healthcare. Veo uses technology to better manage NEMT, which is the the non-emergency medical transportation, NEMT benefits for Medicaid and Medicare programs, state governments, and managed care organizations. Today, we're going to be covering this and uh, doing some good learning with Josh. So, so Josh, such a pleasure to have you here on the podcast with us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, Saul. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Josh, before we get into Veo, your company, talk to us a little bit about why you're inspired to work in healthcare. I started, I grew up with a health, a really a healthcare family. My, mm-hmm. my dad was a, a family physician, he's now retired. Uh, my mom was a, a registered nurse. And, you know, as I, as I was, my, my older brother ended up going into medicine as well. But definitely it was part of, it was kind of part of my family's culture growing up and, you know, really part of our core values. And two of the people that I respect the most in this world are my parents and, you know, my dad's uh, sort of never-ending quest or desire to, you know, to really improve the human condition and, and show compassion. I personally wasn't as much drawn to the clinical aspects of healthcare. Uh, I was always a bit more of a tech nerd and uh, I loved technology and, and inventing things when I was a kid. Ended up going into computer engineering and studying software design but always wanted to, to figure out how to invent things to make the world a better place. And as it happens, my career really took me in this direction to you know, really build a better NEMT and a better uh, healthcare logistics system to really improve the healthcare system or, or work to pr- improve a part of the healthcare system systemically. And so you know, I'm just thrilled that this has come to this point in my career and thinking about how we uh, make the healthcare system work smarter, improve the human condition, improve lives, improve outcomes. And I think also systemically, I'm just excited, you know, we're in this collision course of healthcare costs in our country. And I think the more I've learned about it and studied it, and you know, I think that really the, the only way out of it is to make our system work more efficiently and work smarter. And I think this is, you know, one area in, in what we call population health or social determinants that, that really, you know, inspires me to make the system work better for everybody. That's great. And the other topic that's come up a lot and, and it's been more in the, in the center of discussions is, is social determinants of health and transportation is one of those, how you get to see your physician whether it's getting there on a car or a truck and even the the broadband, you know, that for virtual care. But right now we're going to talk about transportation. And so I think a good place to start, Josh, would be to to learn from you. So so talk to us about this non-emergency medical transportation segment of the market and then help us understand how you guys are adding value to Medicaid and Medicare programs. Absolutely. There's an often study cited study that suggests or or, or information from CMS a few years ago that suggests 
that about 3.5 million Americans miss or delay healthcare appointments every year because of transport, specifically because of transportation issues. Later data suggests that, that number could even be much higher today. You know, you think about uh, a lot of populations, lower income folks that may not have a car in the family, people who live with chronic health conditions, uh, that makes driving very difficult. Uh, you think about, you know, getting to routine doctor's appointments like a primary care or specialist, and especially even life-sustaining treatments like dialysis, chemotherapy. You know, just getting those appointments is, is critical to stay healthy. And when, when somebody misses an appointment, it's not just sort of in that moment, that patient's frustration, that, that missed appointment can lead to, lead to worse health outcomes and lower quality of life, most importantly, uh, but also, you know, ends up costing the system more money as well, right? If conditions, if, if, if patients are not able to stay compliant to treatment plans, their conditions can worsen, they can end up in the ER, uh, and then think about the cost from the healthcare provider side as well, especially if we have an, you know, end up with an empty dialysis chair or any other kind of missed medical appointment, that's a huge cost burden to healthcare providers as well. So really just closing that gap is so critical. NEMT, you know, it wasn't invented by VAO. It's been around since the 1960s. Originally, I always thought of as, as you, know, you know, even the original architects of Medicaid believed that especially in lower income populations, this could be a particular risk. And so it was always a, a guideline that helped that transportation assistance should be part of benefits. But it just worked, you know, transportation has been a very difficult to administer system. I think we all remember back in the day, even 10, 20 years ago, ground transportation was just not as easy to come by and expensive. And so I think to the degree that we can continue to improve the reliability, the transparency, and the efficiency of transportation, we can continue to drive that and close those gaps. Yeah, that's that's great. And there's a lot of gaps. And so if we hone into to some of the ones that you guys are are more focused on and have been able to create improved workflows and, and better outcomes, give us a couple examples, an example or two of, of how you guys are doing that. Definitely. You know, I started my first company back in 2009, mm -hmm. and we were, you know, a mobile app and SMS company for traditional ground transportation, ground transportation systems. And around the early 2010, 2011, the early 2010s decade, you know, there was this sort of, all of a sudden, this kind of flood of new technologies that really could just enable new business models, cloud computing, GPS, ubiquitous, you know, mobile tablets. And this just allowed, you know, for a lot of changes in, in various operational model from in traditional businesses. But in transportation specifically, it really just allowed this new, much, much more trackable transportation system, you know, tablets in every vehicle, cloud computing that can see locations of cars, make sure pickups were happening on time. And in the consumer world, you know, you really saw sort of the, the emergence of these transportation network companies like Uber and Lyft. Sort of these, these tech-based transportation players that could also sudden, all of a sudden deliver to consumers much more transparency. They also had these flexible supply models where they could add vehicles onto the road really easily. And that meant that instead of ordering say, a taxi, which might take an hour to show up, you could usually depend on being able to get you know, an Uber or Lyft there in five to 10 minutes generally. We began to see the emergence of these models. And you know, back in 2015, just before Veo started, we you know, started traveling the country, talking to Medicaid directors, health plan executives, and the number one frustration out of all those things that those folks deal with and have to coordinate and solve, the number one frustration they had was transportation. You know, their members missing appointments, you know, having much more complex situations because of transportation frustrations. And we began to see this opportunity to sort of adapt to these new technology and operational models to work in the healthcare world. So at Essence, you know, there's three main differences that our platform, you know, advantages that our platform can bring to the industry. 
One is we're the company that tracks more than 70% of all of our rides in real time. And we can you know, basically see pickups as they're happening. We can see patients that potentially could be at risk for a missed pickup. We can intervene before it happens. And we also share that information with, with patients and members in real time so they can track their vehicles as well as healthcare providers. That just means like a much more transparent, reliable system where everyone sees what's going on and we can intervene and stop problems before somebody's at home with a missed ride. The second major advantage is we built sort of the first ride-sharing network or transportation network company designed for healthcare. Many of our drivers you know, have in the past worked for companies like Uber and Lyft as well, but our drivers get about eight hours of training in the healthcare world. So CPR, first aid, ADA training, how to help people with intellectual disabilities, behavioral health challenges, kids with autism, uh, trains on, on HIPAA and patient privacy law, and how to help somebody f- from the front door. So a lot of our folks, a lot of the people we transport might be living with, you know, using a walker or a wheel, be in a wheelchair. Our drivers are kind of trained on how to help those folks and make sure they get in the car and get out of the car safely. That sort of this new transportation network model built for healthcare means our supply is really flexible and we can flex and add more capacity extremely easily to make sure we have the right number of cars in the road. And that's how we can get such reliable on-time percentages, pickup times, have a much, much lower missed trip rate and complaint rate. The third main area is just being, you know, we kind of realized back in 2015 that the traditional NEMT industry just lacked, you know, had not invested in technology and was really using, you know, built on infrastructure that was, you know, in some cases, 20 years old. We just built a brand new platform where we have a product called RideView, for example, where healthcare providers can log in and they can book and track trips for their members or their patients. And they can dispatch vehicles or pick up, get return trips activated, uh, see who's coming into the clinic at any time. Also, you know, tools for members so they can see those things as well. So we're just building better technology for the healthcare ecosystem to use this service more effectively. Yeah, that sounds great. You guys have really hyper niche on healthcare. You know, you see companies, the main companies like Uber and, and Lyft who do rideshare, you know, or the, the whole rideshare, right? I mean, yeah, rideshare, rideshare would be one work. Yeah, yeah. rideshareing ride is what they do. Um, but you're training people on healthcare. You're you're showing them all of the the things that they need to know. So it's more a more of a specialized workforce for these fleet drivers. It's very interesting that that you guys have focused here. What has been the perception and the uptake of your services? So we've we've grown substantially since back since we started Veo in in 2015. So Veo was created sort of as a part startup and part spin out. We had you know total transit of Arizona was is our parent company and they were had owned a traditional NEMT brokerage for a number of years, kind of operating in the traditional model of our competitors. And in 20, 2015, we basically kind of created a new subsidiary, reorganized the company and created Bayo and basically built this new technology model with that existing division. At the time we were probably doing roughly 10 or 12,000 trips a day. And we first started that. And then, you know, this year we're expecting to hit probably top about 45,000 trips a day by the end of the year. So we've grown substantially. I think the healthcare industry, you know, we work for both managed care organizations as well as state agencies that are helping, that are delivering a transportation benefit to Medicaid recipients. I think overwhelmingly over the last four or five years, they've recognized, you know, what this investment in technology could do. We really help power their EMT programs to the next level. Uh, we're also excited, you know, in addition to working with payers, we're also starting to, in the last six months or so, increase our, our number of relationships with healthcare providers and other types of stakeholders in the system that really want to use 
this is an important tool to close this gap in access to care. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. It's great that you you've developed this system that enables insight, not just like here, I'm gonna get you from point A to point B. You're giving folks, you know, care coordinators, people at the hospital, the physicians data that that will help them get ahead of potential issues as well, which which I find very interesting. And so as you put together the the platform, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a learning that's made you and the company better as a result? I think as probably any entrepreneur will tell you, I mean, there's always business careers and starting new projects and new systems are just, you know, it's full of, of challenges and setbacks as well as big wins and, and successes. So that's, you know, that's part of it. There's, you know, it's always frustrating to maybe in our, in our past and to not win a deal that we thought we really would have been the best fit for, et cetera. I think, you know, if I kind of reach back to my personal entrepreneurial career, I think, you know, back in, in 2010 or 2011, as I, after I started my first, my first venture, which was a sort of SMS and mobile app based system for traditional taxi cab companies, kind of before Uber and Lyft had launched or really got, gained momentum. And we had some really early success with my first company, scaling and growing. And then I think in my sort of maybe my, uh, my younger entrepreneurial years, I thought we were being really disruptive. Uh, and then watching Uber and Lyft, you know, really come up with this sort of once in this unbelievably cataclysmic business model that was going to completely shake the ground, tra- ground transportation industry to its core. And, you know, it was a kind of a hundred sleepy year old, hundred year sleepy year old industry that just cataclysmically was going to change in the next five years. And, you know, my first company, we were largely serving that traditional industry. So that was kind of a major, I think, inflection point early on in my entrepreneurial career and realizing that. You know, you can start something interesting, disruptive, and there's always something, or there can be something really lurking in the shadows that's that's really much more really going to disrupt you. But I think it was also an incredible learning experience, and really one of the one of the reasons why Veo was created was being on the, the front lines of watching what Uber and Lyft had done for the consumer world, and then thinking about wow, there's there are some are some really interesting innovations here that we could learn from and adapt to these other other industry verticals like healthcare transportation. So I really credit sort of that initial maybe setback and frustration with my first company, but also really being this amazing learning experience to be able to take and kind of an inspiration for Veo. Yeah, that's great. And kudos to you for being committed and persistent, right? I mean, you, you, you've stayed on track, you honed into this specific, very, very specific vertical. And so it's promising the rewards that that you're getting, but also that uh, that the customers of the platform are getting in terms of getting folks to where they need to be at the right time, uh, so they could receive their care. I mean, it's uh, it wouldn't have happened if you didn't stay with it. So kudos, man. Thank you. So Josh, then you know, really, as you think about the future, what would you say you're most excited about? Uh, this last year or so has been really a great, you know, catastrophic, catastrophically sad story for so many folks with the pandemic and. You know, it just up to upended lives and ended lives in, in, in so many ways. And so that part has been very tough for a lot of folks and a lot of the folks that we serve. I think that the one, one sort of silver lining has been just the fact that I think it's also been a chance for our healthcare system to really re-examine delivery models and how to effectively serve people. And, you know, some of it has been increased use of telemedicine and home health. And I think that, you know, that was obviously done out of emergency and necessity uh, to protect people. But I think that, you know, some of it will continue to be a more entrenched part of our healthcare system. And I think that Veo is, you know, really interested 
in, we, we begun to kind of think about, we are in essence a platform that's incredibly skilled at logistics, high scale logistics, and highly reliable and efficient logistics in a healthcare system, uh, how to help manage population needs. You know, we begun to explore, you know, what other potential gaps and, and, and ways we can solve gaps in care and, and these new delivery models and realize that healthcare could be delivered really not just in built in healthcare buildings, but in, in homes really everywhere. So thinking about, I'm kind of excited about that prospect of further improving the efficiency of our healthcare system, making it more patient-centric, and also the role that we can play in solving some of those problems. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a huge opportunity here. And it's, it's fantastic that you guys are are making the insights and putting in the, the systems and processes to make it easier, right, on all of us. So, and particularly the less privileged, you know, folks that, that need this type of care as part of the benefits that they receive so they could access healthcare and live healthy, productive lives. This is such an interesting conversation, Josh. I think that it's promising to, to see where you and your team are going to take this in the future. Well, you know, why don't you leave us with a closing thought? Let us know what we should be thinking about as it relates to medical transportation. And then where would the listeners be able to get in touch with you if, if they wanted to continue the conversation? Definitely. I appreciate that, Saul. I think, you know, one thing that I was at a healthcare conference a few years ago, and one thing, you know, I'll leave a kind of a final thought that stuck with me. And I've, I've continued to think about, I was at a healthcare conference a few years ago, and there was a, a famous venture capitalist there, Chris Saka, and he was sort of speaking to a room to about, you know, to a room of about 2000 engineers and entrepreneurs. He said, stop making stuff just for kind of uh, wealthy consumer services in San Francisco, right? The world doesn't need another dry cleaning app. Uh, there are so many complicated and important problems to solve in our society. Things have to do with, you know, how our governments operate, how our healthcare system operates, things behind the consumer services that really can really profoundly impact and improve lives and efficiency. And that kind of stuck with me. And that was sort of in the early days of the creation of Veo. And that really stuck with me sort of thinking about, you know, any MTs in industry that I had never heard of 10 years ago. And the more I kind of got exposed to it and learned and studied it, this is just one relatively small area of healthcare. But thinking about how many problems and ways we can improve our healthcare industry uh, and other and other and other services in society that may not be kind of as uh, as interesting consumer apps, but really can have a pr- super really profound effect on improving lives and really improving society in so much greater respect than maybe a new dry cleaning app, for example. That really resonated with me, and and the more I've thought about it, I, I think my some of my maybe advice to maybe younger entrepreneurs or, or people starting off would be to really think about kind of push past, you know, solving problems that you perceive maybe in your day-to-day life and to thinking about and understanding more complex problems in our healthcare world or, or others. If anyone wants to get in touch with me about Veo or really anything else, they're welcome to reach out by email, jclemenda at veo.com. Outstanding, Josh. And that's J-K-O-M-E-N-D-A at veo.com. We'll leave a link to Josh's email address as well as his company, veo.com in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And Josh, just want to say thanks again for spending some time with us. This has been a really uh, interesting conversation. I really, really appreciate you having me, Saul, and I enjoyed it as well. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? 
let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.